Hey guys, welcome to church. Man, it is so great to see you. It's time for some announcements. Hey, coming up on Friday uh, is our next movie night. We're showing the movie The Star. It's an animated movie, great for kids. Got the Christmas story in it. Uh, great film. That's going to be this Friday, December 16th at 6.30 p.m. Also, another event that I'm very excited to announce is our jam night, December 21st. It's a Wednesday evening. It's Christmas Carol edition. Uh, you can go on the app, find the link for the jam night. Uh, that has a list of the songs that we will be playing and singing. Uh, that'll be a great night for musicians to come and play. You can bring your favorite acoustic instrument and play along with us. You can also come and sing if you like Christmas carols. It'll be a great night. I uh, will have a fireplace going. Uh, hopefully some hot cocoa. Should be a great night. So that's December 21st at 6.30 p.m. Also, in a very short amount of time, will be our Christmas Eve candlelight services Obviously, that's on December 24th. We have three services at 4.30 p.m., 6 p.m., and 7.30 p.m. That's a great night. We, we sing songs. Uh, the kids will get to do a Bible verse, and then we'll have a message. It's kind of like a Sunday service, but then at the end, we have our candle lighting segment. It's a beautiful time uh, to remember what we celebrate on Christmas. Uh, so those are the events coming up. Keep downloading your app. And you know what we got to do. It's tradition. Let's get ready for church. Woo! Everybody online, welcome. So glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to jump in here. And uh, we had a great uh, earlier service. We're going to be singing some Christmas songs and during worship, and it's going to be a nice time of worship. Then we're into Ruth chapter 3 as we continue on in our series called The Little Town of Bethlehem. So uh, get your Bibles, get a coffee, get ready, because here we go. Woo! Good morning, everyone. You guys are getting really good at tradition. I'm just saying they they're getting some good tone. They're getting good at it. Well, no, I was just wondering why you went into the like because it's tradition. Uh, I don't know. Okay. The boys were asking about Fiddler on the Roof, so we watched some of Fiddler on the Roof, and so it's tradition. I don't know. It just happened. I'm sorry. Um, good morning, everybody. <laughs> it's great to see you all and hear your voices and see your faces. And I know I always say like it's great to see you, but it, this is like one of my favorite places to be is to be around you guys and hanging out and seeing relationship happen. So it's true. And I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do this morning. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. We're still working Christmas songs in after worship. Miss Alice is going to come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classes. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We're in the little town of Bethlehem, part three. And we're talking about kinsmen redeemers today. And it's really good. And I'm excited for you all to dig in. But before we do, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, this morning we are so thankful that we can enter into your throne room. We're so thankful to be able to gather together and to celebrate your faithfulness and your goodness to us. The great lengths that you went to, to bring us back into your family. Papa, as we settle this morning, help us to drop all the stuff that we walked in with. I know it's a busy time of year and a lot of us have a lot of baggage. But Papa, we're here today for you. So help us turn our faces and our hearts towards you. Help us to celebrate you and enjoy your presence and to listen. We love you, Papa. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord Jesus Christ, who at your first coming sent your messenger to prepare the way before you, 
Grant that the ministers and stewards of your holy truth may likewise prepare and make ready your way by turning the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, so that at your second coming to judge the world, we may be found an acceptable people in your sight. For you live and reign with Father and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning, and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst today. Uh, we mentioned we're singing some Christmas songs. It's a great opportunity to, to sing. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. This is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Before 
heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. We will sing, sing, sing. Joy to the world. Joy, 
Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love and wonders and wonders of His love. We love you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. Lord God, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken, that are taught to us. Use those words, Lord, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them. You're so good, God. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And hey, Ma, would you come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Would. I definitely would. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Good morning. Pastor Georgina's a little bit under the weather this morning. She pulled a muscle, so she's having a hard time. And so, yeah, I know, right? So she asked me to help fill in, and I said that I would. Okay, so today in Sunday school, you're going to be learning about an Old Testament man that really loved God, and his name was Daniel, and he had three friends, and that's an adorable t-shirt. I'm sorry, she's an official cookie tester. I get distracted by cute things easily. And Daniel and, Daniel and his three friends really, really loved God, and they wanted to be God's friend. And I I want that sometimes. Don't you want to be the friend of God? And they wanted to be friends with God so much that they wanted their life, how they lived, to show it. And because of that, God blessed them with knowledge and understanding and all the literature they they could read and understanding. And they also gave him discernment and intuitiveness to be able to tell what was going on around them. And that really helped them. And so we're going to learn about them today, but also there's snacks at Sunday school. So that's cool too, right? Right, yeah, all right. I think everybody should know that. I think so too. I agree. Thank you, Cole, for backing me up. High five, dude. Okay, so this is our verse, Daniel 117. To these four young men. To these four young men. God gave knowledge and understanding. God gave knowledge and understanding. And all kinds of literature and learning. And all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand. Daniel could understand. Visions and dreams of all kinds. Visions and dreams of all kinds. Excellent. You guys rocked it. Thank Good you job. so much. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently standard. seek him. So the stickers I are coming around. Do you know, hey, do you know Thank what happened you, earlier in the week? Can I, can you hear me? Yes. I can hear you. Can, maybe they can help me. It was, it was my friend Henry's birthday. <gasps> Henry. And, uh, I'm going to sing him happy birthday. He's in the back. All right, you guys ready? So we can all do that together, all right, while you get stickers. Loud Here we go. Proud. Here we happy go. birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Henry. Happy birthday to you. Good job. Happy birthday, Henry. 25 today. 
So, okay. Miss okay. Alice, Pastor Alice is going to pray for you, and then you, you can head ready? off to children's How church. has Pastor Georgina taught you guys to pray? What does she say? Bow our heads and close your eyes. You ready? Bow our heads and close your eyes. Papa, thank you for these beautiful children, Lord. I pray that you bless them today and that their heart's desire all the days of their lives would be friend, to be friends with you. Protect them and keep them safe. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Good job, y'all. Amen. Head off to Children's Church. Have fun. I liked it, Alice, when you said that cute things distracted you, because I thought of me. (laughs) Just keeping it real, folks. (laughs) Nailed it on that, babe. Just nailed it on that, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you with us. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you here. I don't know if I've done my buttons. I don't think I have. Wait. I have foot presses that I have to make. Yeah, that was it. Ta-da. And, uh, but we're very glad to have you with us and to, uh, to hop in today. And Christmas, I always love singing a Christmas song. It's fun. Yeah, it's cool worship stuff. Good. Great to do it. And you guys were in good voice today, I must say. So, uh, so thank you for that. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code is for you. If you point your smart device at it with your camera on, you'll get a link to our digital connect card. Fill that out, name, phone number, email address. We will send you texts and emails over the next five or six weeks. And also we have gifts for you back at guest services, first-time guest gifts. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out, and they will give you a nice gift just for being here. We also pray for our neighbors at this point in the service every week, uh, and that is to reinforce our hope, which is that you're praying for your neighbors daily. It's one of the biggest ministries you will ever be involved in. It's 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 just a great thing, right? And so um, we just want to help everybody keep it going. So think about a couple of your neighbors, and let's go to the Lord. Papa, we pray for our neighbors. We lift them up to you. We ask, God, that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors and to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. Very cool. So now when I look out, all I can see is leg lamp. I know. In the back, yeah. Visitor guest is not a leg lamp. It's not. No, no. That's somebody said. Could it be a leg lamp? Well, that's a good plan, but no. We're continuing on in our series uh, called The Little Town of Bethlehem. And uh, it's an Advent series. And so the main themes in Advent are hope, joy, peace, and love. Uh, And you might be surprised if it's your first time that we're in the Old Testament doing this, but the story of Ruth is fascinating and really ties into the Christmas story in lots of really cool ways, and that's what we're looking at. And we did a little bit on hope first week. I'll come back to that. We did a little on joy last week. This week, we're talking about peace and uh, kinsman redeemer. That's the thrust of the message this week. But uh, with that said, let me skip through here and get to the jokes, because they're, they're just so awesome. So, you know, Bethlehem means the house of bread, if you've been coming here, right? That's in all the story, and that's significant. So I had this joke. So what would you call a Christmas romantic comedy about bread? Loaf, actually. I think it's it's better than that. Yeah, it's not, babe. It's not. You've got to listen to the people. I, I think it's better than that. What do you call a bunch of chess players bragging about their games in a hotel lobby? Here we go. Chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. There you go. He just wanted to sing the song. I just like to sing. It's a good song. What's the most popular Christmas wine? I don't know. I don't like Brussels sprouts. Yes. Okay. Pray for us. Lead us in the reading of the word and we'll get serious. I, really, I don't like Brussels sprouts whether it's Christmas or not. I don't care how much bacon and butter you put on them. They don't taste good to me. Well, if you roast them in lots of salt. And nope. then, listen, cheese and bacon. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> but I appreciate those that do like it. So how's that? Uh, All right. Let's switch a little bit here. Pivot and pray. <laughs> yeah. Let's pivot. And... <laughs> If you were here last week, you'll know why that was funny. And then we'll read the word together, shall we? Papa, we're so grateful for your goodness, Lord. 
And in, in our songs that we sang this morning, all I could think of was behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We want to behold you, Father, in this Advent season. We want to behold the Son you sent to set us free. Thank you for being with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Old Testament book of Ruth, as Steve has said, chapter 3, verses 9 through 13. And this is uh, Boaz and Ruth speaking to each other. Nine, I'm sorry, we're starting at verse nine. Who are you, he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor, And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people in my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as sure as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can see. All right. So, um. And in that translation, the newer translation, the NIV, it's saying guardian redeemer, but that means kinsman redeemer. It's the just a, a different translation, just so you know. So when I'm talking about kinsman redeemer, where's that coming from? Same thing, guardian redeemer, all in the same line. And that's really what we're going to talk about today as we press in together. Quick review, and then I got to talk a little bit about the way the kinsman redeemer is set up. So... Um, We've seen some comparisons between the story of Ruth and the Christmas story. And, and we first got together in chapter 1. It was really, I said that the story of Ruth is about a courageous young woman who puts her faith in God and chooses to follow him no matter what, goes to Bethlehem and has a child that impacts the world. The Christmas story, I said, is the same thing. It's about a young woman who puts her faith in God, uh, you know, an amazing trust in God, and goes to Bethlehem and has a child that changes the world. And uh, as, as that story started out in Ruth, there was no bread in the house of bread. But uh, as the Christmas story starts out, bread has arrived in the house of bread because Jesus, living bread, is on the scene. And so we, we saw how that fit together. And then uh, in week two, we got to meet uh, uh, more about Ruth and Boaz and Naomi in this story and what's happening. So at the end of chapter one... Uh, Ruth and Naomi, Naomi and Ruth, have come back to Bethlehem uh, because, you know, the bad stuff has happened, right? Elimelech, who was Naomi's husband, which means my God is king, because there was a famine, decided to go to Moab, which was a terrible decision because they historically don't take care of Israel, especially with bread. And he goes, and the story is set up so you can see. So he doesn't lie. He dies when he gets there. He's taken Naomi, uh, which means pleasant, and his two sons, whose name means sick and failing, which is a setup for how the story is going to end, just so you know. And, you know, I've been always encouraging you to read through the Bible, and you have to read through it. And then as you continue to read through it, which is something you should be doing, then you can kind of go in and look at the depth of the literature. And you'll see things like in many of the Old Testament stories, the names have huge meaning uh, in the way that the story works. And, and so it, we see it already. Elimelech means my God is king, but he doesn't trust God. He leaves in the time when there is no kings, and it's a big deal. Uh, um, Ruth, who's, who's pleasant, is not, pl- I mean, Naomi, who's pleasant is not pleasant. Ruth means friend or companion. She lives up to her name. The other wife that gets married in there from Moab, uh, her name means back of the neck, and she leaves when things get hard, sick and failing, die while they're in Moab as well. Uh, they were there 10 years, no children. Uh, Naomi's left now with no males in her family, and she uh, comes back, and all she has with her when she comes back is Ruth, who's really a, it's a big win, but she doesn't know it yet. But she's upset with God. They come back, 
Um, and then in chapter 2, and remember the hope in chapter 1 was the barley start, harvest was starting. So that's hope is on the horizon because bread is coming back where there was no bread. They get into chapter 2 and they, they don't have food. So Ruth goes and she gleans in the field. And we talked all about gleaning. What that meant last week. So go back. I don't want to go through all that again. And uh, she ends up, the Bible says, well, amazingly, she ends up in a field belonging to Boaz, who's a kinsman redeemer, a relative. And it's the providence of God that she ends up in that field uh, to do what she's doing. And that's how the story works. Just in the same way in the Christmas story, the Magi will end up where they need to be in Bethlehem because of the providence of God to see Jesus. And she goes there and Boaz is a good guy. That, that's what I said. He's the Bible. I called him a good dude. They're, in the Bible, he's a righteous man, and he does the right things for um, Ruth and Naomi in in that uh, second chapter. And we see, you know, that the story of Ruth is about a a righteous man, a good guy, who meets a woman in great need, and he provides for her and is kind to her and protects her. And in the Christmas story, we did a connection there. Because in the Christmas story, there's this really good guy. And, and he uh, it takes care of a young woman in her great time of need by being kind and providing and protecting for her. And that's Joseph in our story. And we get through the end of chapter 2. And there's been a collection of food. Uh, Ruth has collected food for her family. She's been through seven weeks of gleaning, uh, three weeks in the barley harvest, four weeks in the wheat harvest. And she comes back with all this food. And in the story, um, when she tells uh, her mother-in-law, Naomi, about what's going on and where she's been working, that she's in the, the field of a family relative, Naomi has that little spark of joy in chapter 19, and it's like, okay, God hasn't forgotten about us. Uh, and, and so she sort of gets that. She's still off track. We'll see that this week. But there's that happening, and we see joy engage in the story in chapter 2, and we see those connections. Well, now we know most of the characters of the story, and we move into chapter 3. And uh, as we closed, as I said last week, so f- hunger is no longer the problem. Famine isn't the issue. Ruth and Naomi are set because of the seven weeks of gleaning. They have plenty of food. But what they don't have is uh, they don't have the lineage, the family problem worked out. And that is, is, the first one was an immediate problem, but this is a bigger problem because in Israel, everything happened through the male line, uh, the male lineage of the family. And if you didn't have some way to carry on the line, you were in a extremely precarious situation. And that's what we find ourselves when they engage in chapter 3. The immediate's taken care of, but the bigger problem is now uh, pressing on them. And the way forward is through what's known as a kinsman redeemer. We touched on it last week, but let me sort of give you the background of the kinsman redeemer. Um, The way God had set things up, because these situations happen that we're about to talk about, God had a way for people to still be made whole, if you would, to be redeemed. God always has a way for us to be made whole and redeemed. And this was how he did it in the Old Testament. It was through a close relative known as a kinsman redeemer. And so if a family member became poor, the uh, had to sell their land, a kinsman redeemer was supposed to come and buy the land back for them. Leviticus 25, 25. If one of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sells some of their property, their nearest relative is to come and redeem what they have sold. Also, the kinsman redeemer was to come in and rescue you if you found yourself sold into slavery, whether you put yourself there for whatever reason. That was one sort of financial recourse in the Old Testament. If you went broke, you could sell yourself into slavery and, and hopefully work your way out. But it was a bad situation. But a family relative was supposed to step up and redeem you from that situation. Leviticus 25:47. If a foreigner residing among you becomes rich and any of your fellow Israelites become poor and sell themselves to the foreigner or to a member of the foreigner's clan, they retain the right of redemption after they've sold themselves. One of their relatives may redeem them, an uncle or a cousin or any blood relative in their clan may redeem them, or if they prosper, they may redeem themselves. So you have another situation where the kinsman redeemer could rescue, was supposed to come and rescue family members from slavery. And then there was this special case that we touched on last week, which is a situation here uh, in Israel. And because of the lineage, and it was so important back then, and the way they set it up, if a widow um, 
uh, found herself in a situation where she had no male heir. A brother of the deceased husband was supposed to come and marry the widow, and the first male child they had would be considered the deceased's son, so that the line was kept going. That's what one of the uh, responsibilities of a kinsman redeemer, Deuteronomy 25, 5, and 6. If uh, brothers are living together and one of them dies without a son... His widow must not marry outside the family. Her husband's brother shall take her and marry her and fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to her. The first son she bears shall carry on the name of the dead brother so that his name will not be blotted out from Israel. All right, that's what kinsmen redeemers do. And so now you know as we engage in the story what's happening, hopefully. We move into chapter 3. And I said the, the food problem is done, so that's not their big problem anymore. But because of this lineage problem, they're cut off, if you would. And it's a very bad situation. And it's a very bad situation for Naomi. And um, she's going to try and fix it in her own strength. Let me just pop in here and read verse 1 to you of chapter 3. This is not in the notes. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. And the, the word home there could be rest for you. Uh, and, and she's saying, listen, I, I need to find a place for you where you can be at rest and be secure. In effect, she's describing, you know, a place of peace. Now, the problem is that Naomi is sounding like she's really trying to take care of Ruth here. This is Naomi's problem. Naomi's not at rest and Naomi's not at peace. Remember, she's call me bitter. She's had a spark of joy, but she's still unhappy with God. And so she's about to come up with a plan to try and straighten things out to make Boaz step up no matter what and become the kinsman redeemer with Ruth. And so when you read the following here, I want you to know that this is not a good plan. Just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean it's a good plan. You know, the Bible is so cool because God didn't white out the stuff that wasn't good in it, right? He left it for us to see. But in a desperate situation, when you don't know peace, you might come up with a bad plan every now and again. This plan that she does is horrific because ultimately she doesn't care about Ruth. She's going to put her in a horrible, horrible situation and totally vulnerable with Boaz. It's, and so it's, so don't think of this as a good, this is a terrible plan. Do not try this at home. I like to think of it as, as Naomi's undercover plan, which only will be funny when you read the story. But here's, here's what happens. She, um, I'm going to just give you the sort of the uh, cliff notes of this story. Good. So what she says, Naomi says to Ruth, listen, I want you to wash up and put all your makeup on and put a fine dress on. She's basically telling her, I want you to go look like a bride. And then I want you to go to that field that you've been working in where Boaz is. I want you to wait. Don't let him see you. I want you to hide out and wait until he's had a big meal and he's had way too much to drink and then puts himself to bed. You wait. And after he's done all those things, what I want you to do is I want you to sneak in. I want you to get under the covers. And don't worry. Let's see what happens. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a horrific plan. It, it ties back. If you read the story, and I, I forgot to tell this to the other group, but if you want extra credit... Um, the Moabites came from a situation where Lot's daughters got him drunk and then had children. That's where the Moabites came from. There's nothing in the Bible that's not connected. And it's a picture of this story. And, and Naomi would know this, and she was kind of using all the. It's not good, right? And so Naomi's thing is horrible. But Boaz does the right thing, and so does Ruth. And so God steps in, and he's going to take care of things. So... Ruth is trying to obey her mother-in-law. She does all those things. But when she sneaks in under the covers, she goes down by his feet. She's just at the bottom of the bed, laying by his feet. And that's where Alice read the scripture reading, because Boaz is sleeping it off. <laughs> and all of a sudden, there's something at his feet. What is it? It's a person at my feet. <laughs> and that's where he goes, who are you? <laughs> it's me, Ruth. And, and what Ruth says is, listen, I'm in a... I'm in a I'm coming towards you now, and everything is on you. I'm asking you, would you be the kinsman redeemer? It's basically saying, will you, will you marry me? Will you cover me with your garment so that we can be settled? And Boaz steps up, and he does the right thing. So you stay there, and I'm going to take care of it. It's a little situation because there's a closer relative. He's got to go and present it to him first. 
He says, if he doesn't step up, I will. And his stepping up means that not only will he pay for their field so they don't lose that, their home, and whatever they own, he's also going to marry Ruth, and he's going to continue on in the line. And so it works out. But there's a desperation in Naomi, and I think that desperation comes because she's not at peace. And that since I wanted to talk a little bit about peace and the importance of peace. When we're not at peace, we make some really bad choices and bad decisions in life. Um, Alice and I were coming back yesterday from the baptism. We had a great baptism yesterday. We baptized four people. It was a beautiful day, and all was good. And the, you know, God was with us. And we had fun and you know, nice little fellows. Time we're driving back from Bay of Honda to Cudjoe, and um, I've been here for my whole life, right? Pretty much since I was nineteen. So I know these roads and. When you're driving over the Bay of Honda Bridge and when you're driving into Big Pine, it is the very best choice you can make to obey the speed limit. <laughs> Ask me how I know. <laughs> I learned the hard way. That's old news. Anyway, we're driving back, and when we, we, we're coming on to Big Pine, you know, out there, we buy all the deer stuff and the fence and everything, right? And the, it's, it slows there to 45 during the day, 35 at night. I'm, I adhere to them. And what I do is, when I hit them so that I don't forget and speed up or anything, I put the cruise control on. Now, I know there's a deputy here, but anyway, I set the cruise for 47, because I'm not sure how accurate my cruise is, and I figure I got a couple, right? I don't know if that flies or not, but anyway, 47. <clears throat> Doing 47, minding my own business, nobody's in front of me, that's nice. There's somebody very close to me behind me who doesn't like my decision. They're getting a little close. And I, I, whatever, it's, it's, okay. it's still my decision, right? I'm not going to be intimidated to going faster because I know what can happen. And, uh, and it'll be okay. So we're, we're coming down. I'm not really paying that much attention to it. It's not bugging me. Um, and we get to the, where the corner is, and there's a turnoff lane when you come that way from Big Pine to where you can go left down there by the resort or whatever's over there. And this guy, I, I can hear it. It's an old truck. <laughs> he speeds up, and he gets in that turn lane, and there's no way he has time to make it because there's a big giant thing there with an arrow on it saying don't do it. And I don't really even notice until he's almost there. I, I, didn't, I never got off the cruise. I never changed. I never sped up, never slowed down, just hanging in my lane. He's got to slow it down to get back behind me. He can't make it. Well, now he's mad at me. And I'm like, I'm not at fault here. I haven't changed. I'm exactly the same speed. Two miles over, you know, take me down now. So... Um, <laughs> He, now he's upset and he's right behind me, you know. And I, okay, whatever. I'm, and uh, I'm good. And we're we're coming down that stretch. And right now they're paving it. If you're coming from that way, it's uneven the lanes, uh, and it's double yellow all through there. And there's this tiny gap, and I, I hear him go, and he's got to get around me in that tiny. He just cuts it close and he comes in. I'm, I'm thinking, oh, good, he's past me. Then you know what he does? Slows down, hard. I'm shocked. We're kind of looking at him. It slows down to like 30 and then even lower than that. And I'm, he's just trying to get a reaction out of me, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm just I'm shaking my head because it was that I wasn't going fast enough was his problem in the beginning. And now he's ultimately going way slower than I was ever going. And what was his hurry? And we were kind of chatting about it because it was a little, you know, threatening sort of feeling. But it was okay. I was good. And I just stayed away from him. I didn't, I didn't respond. I, I'm old now, so I don't. Because there was a time when... <laughs> it would have been the Griswold family vacation in the car. <laughs> I just let him go, and he kept slowing down more and more and more, yeah, down to like 20, 15. We finally got in a big pie. I just pulled off and said, let him go. Um, but we looked, and she goes, you know, what's, what's going on with people when there's, you know, there's big things in the world that people can give us set about. I, I say all of that whole story to tell you this. When you're not at peace... Little things become great big things. Because it was a nothing thing. And, and it, it, was this per, it just took it to a whole nother level. And that's how you get into those situations. Because if I wasn't at peace, it could have gotten become something. I don't know what it could have become, but who knows? When, when you don't have peace in your life, you will make bad decisions. And that's what's kind of going on in this story. And Naomi didn't have peace. She made a, she made a bad choice. But because of the sort of righteous way that Boaz and Ruth carry it out. Everything is going to work out. Now, how does that correspond to the Christmas story? That's a great question. 
And uh, let me tell you, when I get there, here we go. The Christmas story is a story about the most incredible kinsman redeemer ever, and that's Jesus. And that's at the heart of this story. Because, see, our situation is desperate. We, we are in a bad spot. We're cut off from the family of God because of sin. We're in, we're in a bad, bad spot. Galatians 3.22, Scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin. So that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. We were all in a, in a big, big mess. We were prisoners of sin. Um, we, we were lost in our sins, cut off from God, uh, deserving of a, of a very bad end, desperate situation, in desperate need of a Savior, a Redeemer, someone to come, because we couldn't fix it in our own strength. That's what happens, is that Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. See, to, to our, uh, our desperate situation, God's loving response is to come, fully God, fully man, and arrive on the scene. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas. Uh, Galatians 4.4, 4, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the adoption to sonship, that we might become the family of God, restored and reconciled, to God in everything that was happening. And, and so this loving response is amazing. But I want you to see that, that there's this whole picture of the kinsman redeemer at work here in those three Old Testament things that I read you about what his responsibilities were and what he would do for us. So the land problem, not having land. If you remember back in creation, and we've done a lot of series on this, that God creates heaven and earth and that they connect. And that the heart of God is to be here on the planet with us, his family, his human family, and his spiritual family, and that there, there's this overlap that happens. And Eden is a, a cosmic temple. It's perfect. The rest of the planet is good. And God says, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to partner together, and you're going to go, and you're going to make the rest of the planet like Eden. It's all yours. I give you authority to go and do this. And so it was, in effect, everything was ours, ours and God's, and we had the whole deal. But at the fall, we lose it. The enemy steals that authority from us, and really, he, he robs us of our birthright, our, our land, our inheritance, the heaven and earth connect. But Jesus is going to take care of that, because what he does at the cross and resurrection is he gets that authority back. And, and then he re- gives us our vocation once again when he says, go into all the world. Take, go now, make disciples, we're doing it together. You're going in. That authority you had, you lost, I got it back. You're going now, and I'm giving it back. Go. Go in my authority to do it. So he restores us our land and, and our forever home he makes possible for us once again. He also takes care of the slavery problem because at the fall we went under the power of sin and the power of death. We were in slavery and bondage to sin. That's what happens. And because of his actions at the cross and coming, living the perfect sinless life and then paying for that mess, he buys us out of that mess. He redeems us out of that mess with his blood. And his perfect sin, this blood, pays for that. And we're set free. We're no longer slaves to sin. He's taking care of it. So cool. And that last part about the lineage is that, in effect, we've been cut off from the family of God at the fall. And, and what he does is he makes us a way back because of his actions. He makes a way back. And there's, there's the picture even of, of you know, uh, Boaz marrying Ruth and, and throwing the, the garment over her and covering her. That's a picture too. If you wonder why in the, in the New Testament, Jesus is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. And he covers us with his blood. He's making us back and part of the family of God. These are all the actions of the greatest kinsman redeemer ever, Jesus, who's closer than a brother to us. And he steps in and he does all that needs to happen. Jesus makes our redemption possible. He does it because of what he's done. But it was costly. You know, for Boaz, it was costly too. The, the first relative in line said, oh, I'll buy the field, but he wouldn't take Ruth as a wife. And so Boaz says, well, you have to if you want it, and he wouldn't. He backs out. So Boaz does it. He, he not only costly for the field, he's also taking Ruth on, and it's a good thing for him, but it's, it's all a big deal, right? He does it all. Well... Jesus comes, and it's costly for Jesus too, more costly than it is for Boaz. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom, as a rescue, as a redemption for many. 
He's coming to take care of it. He he's does everything that needs to happen. But the thing is, is it's not automatic. See, it's available, but it's not automatic. You have to, just like Ruth said to Boaz, will you cover me? Will you be my kinsman redeemer in a very vulnerable way? That's what we do when we go to Jesus. He's there. He's ready. What we do is we come and say, will you be my kinsman redeemer? Will you be my Lord? Will you be my Savior? And then he absolutely says yes. And, and he takes care of us and loves us. And we're reconciled to God forever, fully redeemed. But that's our little part in this whole story. So, you know, this amazing story, I, I call it his story all the time. Jesus invites us into the story. Uh, and he's done everything that needs to happen for that. It's nothing we can earn or work for. But our part is that we say yes. We say, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? We have to come to Christ for salvation. If you've never done that, unwrapped the best gift that's ever been given, please do it today. I, it's, it, it's amazing. And it's, that, it's just that, Jesus, will you be my Lord, my Savior? And I, I hope you've done it. If you haven't, do it now. Best thing you'll ever do. If you're online watching, whatever, do it now. It changes everything. Okay, ministry team, you can make your way over to the wall. Next week, I'm going to be in the back half of Ruth chapter 4. We basically covered 3 and 4 then, and uh, half of 4. Uh, it's, a, it's another amazing story, and it will tie in the love point. This is a good thing to do at Christmas, and it's really cool. There's so many things going on, so get ready for that. But, you know, life is found. Jesus, that's where life is. Go after him, all in. Make those kind of decisions like we've seen people make. I'm going to follow you, God, wherever you go. I'm yours. That's where you find life. Amen. He's the best Kingsman Redeemer. As you were talking about desperate situations, and as I was praying this week, I felt like the Lord showed me some people, several people that are really dealing with severe cases of PTSD because of trauma that's happened to you in your past. And I felt like this week is about peace, right? And the Lord wanted me to tell you that... For those of you struggling with that, he's going to give you peace that doesn't make any sense. And it's going to be hard for you to explain why it doesn't affect you, your PTSD, the way it did before. Because the Lord's going to come in and give you that peace that makes no sense. And it's not going to affect your story moving forward. It's part of your story so that you can bless other people with what you've been through. But it's not going to affect you moving forward. And so ask him to put that part of that garment over you today and get, and be free and, and receive his peace. Amen. I like it. Peace that passes understanding. Doesn't make sense. And that, that, and, uh, that he, God uses those hard things for us to encourage others. I love that. Some great, great stuff in there. Very, very good. Okay. Uh, if you need prayer for anything, that's going to be over there. Let me... I was really just winging it because I'm behind on the slides. Here we go. I have one job. Um, thank you, church, for your generosity. You're so amazing to partner with. We love you guys. Thank you for your faithfulness, giving, tithing, offering. The uh, Pastor Fran took the food truck up with some volunteers to a party in Marathon on Friday. And he said they were. it was great. And they, um, while they were there, they gave away, he said, about 300 either ice creams or ice coffee floats or snow cones. They ran us out of ice again. And you guys make that possible. We do that all for free. We don't take any money. Thank you guys for making that and allowing us to impact the community. That's a really good thing. You know, you know the heart behind that, I, you know what happens is that if, once we connect with those people enough times at these events, they'll show up here. That, that's the end goal. And then guess what? They hear about Jesus. And that's the best thing, right? Okay, so there's that. Uh, doxology is right there. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he give you peace. Enjoy the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. Have a great rest of the day and weekend. Looks nice out there. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. It's getting busy out there. We'll see you soon. Take care.
Hey everybody, welcome. Thanks for being a part. Love you guys. Have a great rest of the day. Hope it's okay where you are weather-wise. And uh, Ruth, the back half of Chapter 4 next week. And it's I and think it's going to be really good. And we're chicken and dumplings for lunch. Nice. Go out when it's dark and look at some Christmas lights. Yes. Family, Unless guys. it's 20 below. Then stay well, home. then we're <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Bye. love you. Bye.